It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Welcome in to tonight's postgame presented by AAA Insurance. The Golden Knights drop game one, one to nothing in overtime to the Minnesota Wild. And to help us break this down, we get the voice of the Vegas Golden Knights, Dan Duva, to join us. Hey, Dan, you know, you look at that first period for the Golden Knights dominating on the shot clock, but nothing to show for it on the scoreboard. That's one of those key moments in a game, key periods of a game, and the Golden Knights don't break through. How do they search for more offense against Minnesota? Now, there's the question, and uh, it'll be asked several times between now and Tuesday. And a team that has put up a lot of offense in the regular season had not been able to find it here. I mean, even in their games against the Wild, it, they lost that one game 6-5. to five. <laughs> So they, they score five times, but, but still lose. Fine. You figure that you'd be able to put up a little bit more against Cam Talbot, who has had a fine season at 19-8-5. Not quite Marc-Andre Fleury level. It's been uh, adequate goaltending for Minnesota as a team this year between Talbot and the backup uh, Campo Kakadin. So you, you figure, or, or at least if you're Vegas, you hope it's an aberration. But let's face it, uh, the Knights struggled with offense in the playoffs down the stretch last year as they came out of the gates like gangbusters offensively last postseason. So sometimes it's a matter of the opponent. Sometimes it's a hot goalie. Sometimes it's just things are clicking. And, you know, the, I'll throw this into it also, Ryan. And of course you want to have a full lineup. But this is the first time the Knights have had a full lineup in quite a while and it's almost like they didn't know what to do with it <laughs> you know Nosick yeah. and reeves had not been in there in a long time and they had been in a habit of well hey we'll just double shift alex tuck we'll keep sort of certain lines together and then you know we'll just sort of you know stick tuck in there and take an extra shift patch ready was doing that too i, I don't want to say that reeves and Nosick gummed up the works but it, it's been so long since they had a full lineup of 12 forwards and some of those guys in particular I just wonder if there were some in-game adjustments where they're trying to find a spark, but you could see there were times where guys just were not on the same page. Um, it seemed like they were generating more early on, and later in the game, it was they were, weren't really generating much uh, consistently when they sort of tweaked some of the forward combinations. So uh, I, I'm also curious to see how they go into game two in terms of line combinations. You know, Dan, I, I've been a proponent of, of keeping with the rotation, but I look at the work that Marc-Andre Fleury put into this game. I don't really know that, that I, I'm still on the, in that camp. I think that Marc-Andre Fleury uh, deserves the net in game number two. I'm with you, and the experience is there. The flair in terms of, like, the bounce-back mentality. Goalies that have been around and have been as successful as Mark they know how to turn the page and the golden knights need to turn the page when you lose at home and you don't score in front of 8,683 fans when you don't score a goal on 42 shots then that's going to sit with them it's going to sit with them so i think as much as mark andre's stellar play his personality and helping the guys turn the page i think that could be influential too it they can't go wrong unless you know robin leonard gets the start and he gives up a few goals in the first few minutes of the game Outside of a scenario like that, it's hard not to trust whichever way they go. Well, Dan, thank you, as always, for joining us here on the postgame show. We will talk to you on Tuesday when these two teams go at it once again. Okay, Ryan, thanks. 
That is the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. The Vegas Golden Knights dropped this one, one to nothing to the Minnesota Wild in overtime on a goal from Joel Erickson Eck. We're back with more on the AAA Insurance Postgame Show on the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network, presented by Dollar Loan Center. Hey, Pete. Um, I know they're tough to, to get through on the defensive end, and they kind of stay close around the net and block a lot of shots. What what can you do to, to try to penetrate that? Just keep keep pushing. You know, I thought uh, I thought we had enough good looks tonight to score a couple goals. So um, you know, it's not like uh, they smothered us defensively. I, I thought uh, you know they're a very good defensive team, have been for a long time, and uh, these are you know it's going to be tough to to score. We knew that coming in, and with Patch out of the lineup, uh, we've got to have other guys finish off some of those chances so um i I thought we had enough looks to get one i I think for me um the first one's critical you know to come out of the first period with the type of pressure we put on and and not to have anything to show for it uh was probably you know the biggest disappointment because uh you know they regrouped and and uh you know the rest of the game was pretty even Next, we'll go to Ben Goats from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Hey, Ben. Hey, Pete. Um, you obviously went with Marc-Andre Fleury today. Can you take us through the decision to name him the starter, and how do you think he performed? Yeah, he was great. Um, you know, I, I think uh, it was an easy decision. When you look at our season, I, I thought both goaltenders were excellent, but uh, but Flower, uh, you know, really carried us during, you know, some of the tougher periods and, and, and really – you know, was consistent all season and, and, and was great down the stretch too. So, you know, a fairly easy decision and nice luxury to have two guys like we have. We'll pause a moment if there's any final questions for Pete. We'll return to Ben Goats, Las Vegas Review Journal. Hey, Ben. Hi, hey Pete. You got a lot of guys back today, including Ryan Reeves. I'm curious, what do you think of his performance and what that fourth line did today? Yeah, I thought they were. I thought they were great. I mean, they gave us double-digit minutes. Um, you know, really took a piece out, uh, out of the other team physically. Uh, I think between the three of them, until we moved the lines around in the second period, uh, you know, I think they had twelve to fifteen hits uh, between them in, in in the first period and a half. So. Um, now it's playoff hockey, and on the other side, you know they're doing the same thing with their big guys. It's uh, this is a man series, and um, you know it's going to be some some tough, heavy hockey. Next, we'll go to Stormy Bonatoni from the Vegas Golden Knights. Hey, Stormy. After a tough game like this, like you said, though it's going to be a man series. This is just game one, and there's a long way to go. What do you communicate to the group after a game like this? Yeah, well, you know, I think we'll look at the tape, you know, try and try and find uh, some more offense, uh, obviously uh, five on five and on the power play. Um, you know, the game tonight, it's a one goal game. So, you know, we're, we got to find we got to find uh, another goal tonight somewhere, somehow at some point prior to it getting to overtime. And um you know, so we'll look for some answers there. And for me, just get a rest. That 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 uh, that's that's going to take a, a lot out of you physically. And when you lose a game like that, mentally too. So 
you know, it's nice to have a day tomorrow to regroup. Time for a couple final questions today. Next we'll go to Willie Ramirez, Associated Press. Hey, Willie. Just curious, what exactly you were looking for when you moved Tuck? Was it to match speed, match offensive power, uh, firepower? I know you would have liked to get a goal, but did you see the spark you were looking for when you made that to heading into game two? Uh, sorry, I missed the beginning, Willie. Was was that moving Tuck up in the lineup in the yes, second period? Yes, yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, well, we started Nosek there, you know, in Nosek's defense, he ha he hasn't played uh, in a month and uh, and hasn't skated a, a lot. So I, I thought he gave us a, a good period and change uh, of some energy. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I thought as we got into the second period, that line needed a little more juice. And um, so we, we flipped Tucky in there. But, you know, I think it was just a matter of Nose just he gave us what he had. There just uh, wasn't a lot left after what he's been through the last three, four weeks. Pete, thanks for doing this. Thank you. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Welcome back to the AAA Insurance postgame show. The Minnesota Wild defeat the Vegas Golden Knights one to nothing in overtime on a goal from Joel Erickson Eck. Take a one to nothing series lead over the Vegas Golden Knights. Game number two will go on Tuesday at 7 p.m. The Golden Knights looking to get back and even in this series. The post-game injury report is brought to you by the Valley Health System, the official health system of the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, Alec Martinez played in this game. That's a good thing, positive for the Golden Knights. Ryan Reeves, Tomas Nosek both returned to the lineup, and you know Reeves noticeable in terms of making sure he finished every check that he could finish. I thought that it was a, a wise decision by Pete DeBoer, and we heard from Pete DeBoer with tonight's post-game interview presented by Nevada Eye Physicians, and in which he talked about Noshik getting back into the lineup, giving the energy that he had there on the top line with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone, but when you haven't played a game in just about a month and you haven't skated much, as Pete alluded to, uh, you're just not going to be as in sync with your line mates the way that you'd like Tomas Nosek in that elevated role. So, you know, Pete DeBoer makes some changes. Alex Tuck gets to skate up on the top line with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone, and the big injury that everyone's going to really focus in on, hone in on, especially after a game like this where the Golden Knights don't score a goal, is Max Pacioretty. Because when you're playing in the offensive zone, when you are controlling play the way that the Golden Knights did in that first period, you're going to need a shot, a release like Max Pacioretty's in the lineup to beat goaltenders clean. So it'll be interesting to see where the Golden Knights go in game number two and whether or not Max Pacioretty is going to be available. Let's Look back at this game. Look at the highlights as we go to the second period. The Golden Knights dominate the first period, 19-5, to the shot advantage for Vegas, though Cam Talbot making some saves, not terribly difficult saves. But in the second period, Marc-Andre Fleury would make a brilliant glove save on Ryan Hartman. Couldn't get control. It's a centering try. Save! Marc-Andre Fleury, a huge stop. He sprawled out and snared it with the glove after the dish came from the corner right to the middle. And Marc-Andre Fleury's, one of his more impressive saves in the early going. 
an absolutely fantastic save from Marc-Andre Fleury. Puck is below the goal line, gets out to the slot. Fleury stabs it with the glove and absolutely robs Ryan Hartman. Later in the period, though, Marc-Andre Fleury would make our AAA insurance save of the game. Puck comes out of the Minnesota zone. They're onside. Here's a right-wing shot. Glove save! Fleury reaching, splitting, and snaring the right-wing shot. Wow. Save of the day for Marc-Andre. AAA is a proud sponsor of the Vegas Golden Knights, helping you outsmart life on the road and at home with 24-7 roadside assistance, car repair discounts, DMV services, and savings on your home and auto insurance. AAA, outsmart life. So 0-0 going into the third period, and once again it's the Marc-Andre Fleury show as he makes a bevy of saves. A chance at the other end. Glove save, Fleury! Got a piece with the glove and deflects it over the cage on the try from Ryan Hartman. Play is in front of the Vegas bench now. Knights changing. Marcia so couldn't grab the puck. Right wing shot. Glove save Fleury. Sliding to his left. I think Marc-Andre Fleury made four or five absolutely brilliant saves, including one on Kirill Kaprizov in which I'm not quite sure as I've watched the replay over and over and over and over and over again. I still don't understand how Marc-Andre Fleury makes this save, whether it's the blocker, whether it's behind the back with the glove, but Marc-Andre Fleury was absolutely brilliant in this game for the Vegas Golden Knights. So we'd head to overtime. Jonathan Marcheseau would get a penalty early on in the period, and as that period penalty expired, Joel Eriksson would find a loose puck in the slot and score the only goal of the game. Petrangelo fails to clear. Penalty time is over. Centering feet in front of shot, and they score! Joel Eriksson wins it in overtime. 3.20 into the extra period. Found the puck just a few feet in front of the crease, and Minnesota takes game one. That's Joel Eriksson from Marcus Felino and Jordan Greenway. Just three minutes, 20 seconds into the overtime period to take the one nothing series lead by a score of one to nothing in this game and you know for the golden knights you're going to look back at this one as certainly a missed opportunity right like you look at the first period that vegas had you look at the op- the the amount of shots that they had on net but when you look back at this game and and that's kind of where i want to go with this if you close your eyes and you look back at the first period how many Grade A stops did Cam Talbot have to make? Because we can close our eyes, we can think about this game, and we can pinpoint the grade A stops that Marc-Andre Fleury had to make. We can talk about making that save on Ryan Hartman, one of many on Ryan Hartman, to be honest, in this game, where it's right in front of the net, and that is what the Minnesota Wild do so well, and that is why they're such a dangerous team and have been a thorn in the side of the Golden Knights. They don't need many opportunities because when they get opportunities, they're strong, solid, grade-A chances, which is why the Minnesota Wild can lose the possession battle. And the Golden Knights can hold on to the puck as long as they want to, but Minnesota has proven that in instances where they get a look in and around the net, Oftentimes it's dangerous, and oftentimes they go and they go until they score. So for the Golden Knights, the adjustment going into game number two is going to be offensively driven. 
You don't really have to worry too much about goaltending. Marc-Andre Fleury was fantastic tonight. I'm sure we'll get into the philosophical debate of who do you start in game number two. That's obviously a storyline surrounding the Golden Knights in this playoff run. Do you roll Marc-Andre Fleury out again, who was brilliant? Or do you switch things up and go to Robin Leonard? I don't really know that there's a wrong answer in that situation, but you do have to make a decision if you're head coach Pete DeBoer. Beyond that, getting Alec Martinez back certainly helps the Golden Knights in this series. You're going to need Martinez, and you're going to need him healthy and playing big minutes for you. You know, you, you look at the game-winning goal, it's a, a turnover in his own zone by Alex Petrangelo, and that's one of those things where you're going to, I, I think, turn away from the good that Petrangelo did in this game because that's a turnover that was costly. But I still think on the whole, Petrangelo had a, a strong game for the Golden Knights in this one. You know, and then it's going to come down to offense, right? Like, you look at the Golden Knights, you know they can defend well against Minnesota. But can they score enough without Max Pacioretty? And when will Pacioretty be back? A lot of questions left to answer here for the Vegas Golden Knights. We're back with more on the AAA Insurance Postgame Show on the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network, presented by Dollar Loan Center. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show, presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. No other city does sports quite like Las Vegas, because only in Vegas is it game time all the time. After the final buzzer sounds, hit the town to explore all the award-winning dining, attractions, experiences, and luxury resorts Vegas has to offer. To learn more, go to visitlasvegas.com. Today, it's the AAA Insurance Post Game Show. One to nothing, the final. The Minnesota Wild defeat the Vegas Golden Knights on Joel Erickson X overtime game winner. And, you know, you look at the anatomy of that play, and the Golden Knights killing a penalty. Do a great job on the penalty kill. Great job on the penalty kill. And I'll be completely honest, I was a bit surprised to see anything called in overtime. The way that the game was called through 60 minutes. I was incredibly surprised to see a penalty in the overtime period. Golden Knights do a good job getting that kill. Alex Petrangelo has the puck in the corner and just tries to clear up the boards and turns the puck over. And then it's really just kind of a, a comedy of errors, a comedy of bad bounces that go against the Golden Knights in which the puck finds its way to the slot on the stick of Joel Eriksson-Eck and he beats Marc-Andre Fleury. And, and that brings me to my point. A puck gets to the front of the net and finds the stick of Joel Eriksson-Eck. How many times in this game, and go back, think about it, how many times in this game did the Golden Knights get the puck to the front of the net with players there, but the puck never found a stick? The puck never seemed to connect with a Golden Knight player right in front of the net. There were opportunities. There was one play in particular where Nick Waugh tries to go around the net, wrap around chance, throw the puck to the slot with Alex Tuck cutting, and the pass is just a foot behind Alex Tuck. When, when Minnesota seems to get pucks to the front of the net, in most cases, those pucks either stay right in front of the blue paint and a, and a player gets there, or the pucks just seem to find wild player sticks. 
And for the Golden Knights, there's a degree of, of luck involved there. There's a, a degree of, of really getting the bounces. But at the same time, for the Golden Knights, if, if you look toward game number two, there's got to be, a, I don't know if the right word is a strategy, because it's almost controlled chaos when you get to that point. But you've got to find ways for those passes to connect. You've got to find ways for those pucks to sit at the feet of the net mouth and then pounce on them when you can. For Vegas, there were looks. There was one play in particular late in the game. Chandler Stevenson gets a pass from Mark Stone behind the net, tries to come out and stuff that play. You get a great defensive play from Nick Bukestag that breaks it up, but for the Golden Knights, that needs to be the, the mindset going into game number two. Everything has to go to the front of the net. Everything has to be more difficult on Cam Talbot. And I think that's kind of the big key takeaway here is there's a a 42-save shutout for Cam Talbot in which I don't know that beyond the first period you'd say it was a tough night for Cam Talbot. So you go back to the drawing board if you're Pete DeBoer. You go back to the drawing board if you are the Vegas Golden Knights. Your power play needs to come through for you. You get three opportunities. Uh, you're probably going to be looking at that every single game, if not less, right? Because we see in the playoffs there's more of, a, of an appetite to let the players play. And then the stat of the night for me, just fascinated by this, hits for the game. 71 to 57 in favor of the Minnesota Wild. It's astounding to me that many hits were thrown in this game. You need to find your rest and recovery and get ready for game number two. We're back to wrap it up next on the AAA Insurance Post Game Show on the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network, presented by Dollar Loan Center. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Post Game Show, presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up here on the AAA Insurance Post Game Show, the Golden Knights drop game one of their first round matchup to the Minnesota Wild. One to nothing. Joel Erickson Eck, the overtime hero, just three minutes, 20 seconds into overtime to give the Minnesota Wild a one to nothing win. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Solar and Windows. And you know it's a, a simple one for me. The Golden Knights had their opportunity to put this game out of reach in the first period. You outshoot a team 19-5, to and you go to the room 0-0. That's one of those situations where if you're the Golden Knights, you want more out of that first period. And, you know, for, for a team that has been able to score all year long, you know it's going to be more difficult in the playoffs. It's just a fact. It is harder to score goals in the playoffs. It's hard to score against Minnesota as well. It's hard to find ways to get on the inside against the Minnesota Wild. But for the Golden Knights, Ryan Reeves said it in the first intermission. You just got to go there. And while that makes a lot of sense... You've got to contend with what Minnesota's trying to do to keep you from that area. And for the Golden Knights in Game 1, they did a 
relatively good job of defending their blue paint. They've just got to do a better job of getting to and staying in front of the blue paint of the Minnesota Wild. You need second and third opportunities. You need rebounds. You need to take away the eyes of Cam Talbot. You've got to find ways to score goals because in this game, I think the Golden Knights let one get away. You get that performance from Marc-Andre Fleury, the saves that he was making as dialed in as he was, the Golden Knights needed to come away with a win in this game. And that's not to say that the series is over. It's far from it. This is going to be a long one. You've got two big, heavy, physical teams that are fairly even. Buckle up. This one's going to go a while. Game number two is going to go on Tuesday, 7 p.m. Puck drop pregame show starts at 6 p.m. That's going to do it for us here on the AAA Insurance postgame show. Extended postgame show is next right here on the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network presented by Dollar Loan Center. Thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Our local coverage continues next with game highlights, interviews, and your phone call at 702-876-1340. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Golden Knights drop game one, one to nothing to the Minnesota Wilds. Behind in the series, one games to none. Seven-game series between these two clubs to open up the playoffs for Vegas. And, you know, again, I we know that this was a matchup that I think all fans wanted to stay away from, right? Like, when you, when you look at the potential of playing the Blues, who the Golden Knights had a strong regular season record against, and then you look at the idea of playing Minnesota, who the Golden Knights didn't have a strong regular season record against, if you were to ask most fans... This was the matchup they didn't want. And you can understand why from the way that this game played out. The Minnesota Wild, under siege in the first period, don't allow a goal because they don't allow Vegas to the middle of the ice. You know, like, there were some looks, there were some opportunities, there were some plays, but mostly everything kept to the perimeter by Minnesota in the first period. So you go to the room, out shooting a team 19-5 to and nothing to show for it. And that's got to be frustrating for the Golden Knights players. It's got to be frustrating for the coaching staff because by all accounts, every statistical category that you want to be winning, the Golden Knights were, except for goals. And so you get to a situation where for the Golden Knights, they've just got to come back on Tuesday and find ways to get to the blue paint. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head out to the phone lines. Bring in Darren. Darren, how you doing? Yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Listen, I uh, was hoping in all of your infinite wisdom that you can you can solve a, a, a vaccine puzzle for me that, you know, I, I haven't seen many times where consistently it feels like we are able to dominate 
the stat sheet, right? Shots on goal, time of possession, so on and so forth against a single team, but always seemingly lose those games. What? I mean, can you help me with that? Why is that in this particular series? So it's an interesting question, Darren, and thank you for the call. Um, listen, hockey is a weird game insofar as there are so many uh, plays that don't really impact the outcome of a game. There are so few plays that do impact the outcome of a game. And what I think you're seeing between the Golden Knights and the Minnesota Wild is one team in Minnesota who doesn't really need a lot of opportunities to be dangerous. They don't have the same high-end skill as the Vegas Golden Knights, though I will say Kirill Kaprizov fits that bill, though in this game, really not visible. And that's a good thing for the Vegas Golden Knights. But that being said, you've got guys that go to the front of the net in Minnesota, and they're used to going to that area to score their goals. So they don't need a lot of really good looks because they get the puck to an area, and then they swarm. And that's what you're seeing. The Golden Knights are content, right, to hold on to the puck in the offensive zone. They're content to play their possession game, and they know that they'll get shots through, and eventually one's going to kick out a rebound. They're going to be able to pounce on that, and that's how the Golden Knights are going to be looking to score their goals. And the Minnesota Wild are perfectly comfortable defending that and then taking their chances when they have opportunities, and it's exactly like what you saw on the game-winning goal. A couple of bounces go the golden go the Minnesota Wild way. It ends up on the stick of Joel Erickson Eck right in the slot, and he makes no mistake because when you get scoring chances from that area of the ice, it's a lot easier to score. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's bring in Mike. Mike, how you doing? Well, I, I have two strong opinions about this. About, okay. And certainly one game does not a seven-game series make by no means. Yep. And one thing that I would say is I believe, and for what it's worth, that if Robin Leonard had started this game, the Knights would have lost in regulation about two to nothing. That's the way I feel. That doesn't mean it would have happened. The other thing I am a little bit disturbed about is everybody kept blowing smoke in my direction, telling me that, the Knights were a better team than Minnesota, and maybe they are when they're at full strength. I think that if Max Pacioretty had played today, we would have won one to nothing in regulation. I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, it's really hard to to say what if, right? Like, what if Robin Leonard played? He didn't play, so Mark Andre Fleury gets the start and played brilliant. Uh, as far as Max Pacioretty goes, I think his absence is going to be a big question in this series. I still think the Golden Knights are a better team in terms of finding ways to dominate the game. But at some point, you're either going to get to the front of the net and score some goals, or if you're head coach Pete DeBoer, you're going to look at your lineup and say, "How can I be more balanced?" Because if you've got Mark Stone with Chandler Stevenson and Tomasz Nosek, that's not a top line. As good as Mark Stone is, as good as Chandler Stevenson has been, it is not the same if you have Tomasz Nosek up there. Because Tomasz Nosek is not Max Pacioretty. His shot isn't as heavy and as hard and as accurate and as elite as Max Pacioretty. So Mike, to your call, to your point... I still believe the Golden Knights are, are a good hockey team. I still think that they are going to to push back in this series. I do not think that this series is over after one game, especially a one nothing game in overtime. But Absolutely. The, but the health of the Vegas Golden Knights is certainly a question going into this series, and getting Max Pacioretty back is 
really, really important to the Golden Knights, not just in this series, but beyond should they get out of the first round and beat the Minnesota Wild. Mike, thank you for the call. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Stephanie, how are you doing? I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm all right. So one of the things that I noticed, which actually I was watching it since it was on NBC and it almost lined up with the radio broadcast, <laughs> um, was it looked like there were just a lot of missed calls on both sides. And how do you think the refs are going to come? Is it going to be the same set of refs on Tuesday? And how do you think they're going to adjust that? Do you think we're going to see more penalties or less? Or do you think the teams will respond to that? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the game is called on Tuesday because you, you look at this one and it was certainly a, a directive to just let the guys play, right? And and that's fine to a degree, but at some point you still have to call the rule book. Like there were still missed opportunities, and I prefer being in a situation where the officiating in the playoffs looks very similar to the officiating at any point in time in the regular season. I don't think we got that tonight. I, I don't think that, that the the standard that that was called in the regular season was the standard that we got here in this game. And I'd like to see it be a little bit tighter in terms of if it's a penalty, call a penalty. It doesn't really matter if it's on one team or another. If there are penalties, call them, not just in regulation, but also in overtime. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I agree definitely with that because especially I don't want to see you know, two or three games later, they're still calling it the way they did today, and then, you know, the penalties are getting more and more egregious until it's like it has to be called because it was, you know, incredibly dangerous or injured somebody or something like that. So, yeah, hopefully they get get it figured out. Yeah, 100%, Stephanie. Thank you for the call. I am curious to see what it's going to look like on Tuesday. I, I If I had to hazard a guess, and I know you asked me, so I'll answer, I, I think that we're going to see more than just five total penalties in the game on Tuesday. I'm not sure that it's going to be uh, egregious, like maybe we're looking at six or seven, but I do think that there will be some more obvious calls being made in the game on Tuesday. 702-876-1340 is the number if you'd like to join us after the break. It's the extended postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. The Golden Knights drop this one, one to nothing, on a overtime goal from Joel Erickson Eck. Playoff hockey, nothing like it. <laughs> 71 hits in this game for the Minnesota Wild. 57 hits for the Vegas Golden Knights. Both teams going for broke playing a physical brand of hockey in this one. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head out to the phone lines. Bring in Russell. Russell, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Driving home, just uh, trying to figure out what happened in the first 10 minutes of that third period. It didn't seem like I was sitting there watching the game personally, and it didn't seem like the team wanted to skate. They didn't want to skate through their zone, the defensive zone, the neutral zone, or even get the puck in the offensive zone. For whatever reason, I have no idea what DeBoer seems to be thinking at this point, other than right now they lost one nothing 
in overtime, so that blows your undefeated record in overtime, in the playoffs, the first round, and that's in your head. So I can't believe these players are going to be able to sleep well tonight knowing all of that in their head going into Tuesday's game. So you tell me how much of a chance they have going into Tuesday. I mean, Don't, I, I, don't tell me. I mean, I, I think they have a good chance to, to get back in the series for sure. How? How are they going to do that? By by playing a game much like they played tonight, but getting to the front of the net. This is a team that has to get to the front of the net. They did a good job defending. Marc-Andre Fleury was very solid. This is a, yeah. a, a team that defends incredibly well, and we're talking about a one nothing game in overtime. This wasn't a game in which the Golden Knights got the doors blown off them. It wasn't 7 to nothing. It's a one nothing loss, right? So your, your one better break, one... Better if they did one... get their doors blown off. How did they... Better if they did How... get blown out tonight. I'm sorry, say that again? I said it would be better if they did get blown out tonight versus In what a way? nothing In what time way? loss because it's easier to swallow. As a hockey player myself, over 35 years, yeah, I, I understand the differences of a short-term memory. But when you go into having that mindset against the Minnesota Wild, who you've had struggles with beating to begin with, they do this on your home ice at, in, your, in front of your fans in the first game of the Stanley Cup Finals. Good night sleeper tonight. Good, good luck. Well, oh, so, so, Russell, you, you think they have zero shot in this series? Uh, the way it looks right now, zero. Absolutely zero. Because for... they have, they, they have, it looks like the coach has taken the teeth out of the team. That last, that last period, I was just sitting there in awe. I could not believe they were not skating the puck forward. They were actually standing on the ice, standing still, the defensemen. Shea Theodore, Martinez, they were standing still looking for someone to pass the puck to, to the neutral zone. When they got 10 feet of ice in front of them, they can start skating the puck and moving the defense back. So that's why I can't understand why they, why they did it. They, it looks like they pulled up and they were playing for overtime. In overtime, you don't get the, you don't get the short uh, overtime period. You don't get the three-on-three. Three. You get a full period of overtime. Whoever scores first wins. And yep. that's what doomed them tonight. All right, thanks for the call, Russell. I, I don't think that this one game means that the Golden Knights don't have a shot in this series. Uh, I also think that we're we're in a situation where, yes, the, the frustration level is at an all-time high. And I think that what it's bringing to mind, and I think where, where Russell's trying to go, is that last season in the playoffs, in the bubble, the Golden Knights lost in the Western Conference Final because they could not find their offense. Right? They, they dominated possession. They carried play. They were very methodical about how they played the game offensively and just didn't just didn't find a way to put enough goals in. And so I understand looking at game number one of the playoffs this year, your first real opportunity for the Golden Knights to say, you know what, scoring troubles in the playoffs, we put that behind us. We've put that to bed. The Golden Knights go out. Don't score any goals through regulation and lose one to nothing. I can 100% understand the frustration point there. I also understand that this is a talented team. I understand that it's a team that is expecting to win, not just this round, but go on a deep run. And I think one game is not really a point to sound the alarm. I think that this is, had the Golden Knights gone out and just got shellacked. Six to nothing, 
then it's a different story. Then we're having a different conversation. This wasn't a shellacking. This wasn't a game in which the Golden Knights weren't competitive in. I just think that you got to figure out a way to get inside on Minnesota. And here's, here's an update. The Minnesota Wild, why they're here right now in the playoffs, why the Minnesota Wild are third in this division, it's because they know how to defend the middle of the ice. It's a chess match that, they, that these two teams are playing. It's up to the Golden Knights right now to find a way to get to the middle of the ice. And I'd argue they're going to have to do it. This is a big, big test for Vegas. Because this series isn't just about the Minnesota Wild. It's not about the regular season. It's not about the fact that Vegas has historically struggled against Minnesota. This is about last season. This is about Dallas. This is about the final few games against Vancouver. This series represents what has been the stumbling block for the Golden Knights over the last couple of playoffs. Find a way to score against a team that doesn't allow goals. If you do that, you're better for it. 702-876-1340 is the number. If you'd like to join us on the other side of the break, it's the extended postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Let's head out to the phone lines, bring in Anthony. Anthony, how you doing? Hey, guys. Um, if you were to ask me about a month ago, who was the one team in the entire National Hockey League that had VGK's number, I would tell you it was the Minnesota Wild, and we just so end up having to play them in round one. So I'm pretty concerned that they went down one nothing, And I feel like I've seen this, albeit regular season, time and time again where, you know, VGKO plays them, but it's like that slow, low-scoring game, and they just don't get the pucks bouncing, and, and Minnesota wins a tight 2-1, 3-2 type of hockey game. And uh, we saw it here today. Yeah, you know what? Thanks for the call, Anthony. I, I look at this game in much the same way I look at the, the series against Dallas, and, and a, a few of the games against the Vancouver Canucks last year in the bubble, and some of the games that we've seen against the Minnesota Wild. They take away the middle of the ice, the Golden Knights try to get there, and it's going to be up to Pete DeBoer to come up with a strategy that allows the Golden Knights to get to those dangerous areas. The playoffs are about adjustments. I'm curious to see what the Golden Knights do in game number two. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Michael. Michael, how you doing? All right, let's bring in Greg. Greg, how you doing? Greg, hey, uh, well, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, it's hard to say. I guess the rain coming down after the game was a little bit symbolic of the uh, the uh, magnitude of the loss, huh? <laughs> oh, is it raining outside? I don't even know. I'm still in the arena. It was. It was just brief. It was briefly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> it was disappointing. It uh, it it was tough because there was a, uh, as you say, they can't penetrate the middle of the zone. Okay. Or I should say the, uh, the attacking zone. It's almost like Jacques Lemaire's uh, style of defense. Uh, you know, neutral zone trap has been, you know, kind of receded back a little bit further, and it's just not possible to penetrate. We've had very, very few clean shooting lanes. Um, we got rubber through, but we just couldn't get, you know, some of those dominating shots like we usually do. Okay? And as that guy just said, they've got our number. They really do. Unless one errant clearing pass, you know, maybe the game's still going on at this point. 
You know, thank you for the call. I, I, I look at this and I say that the Golden Knights just need to find ways to get pucks to the middle of the ice, but they've also got to get there and stay there. And really, in terms of getting pucks there, you've got to have those shooting lanes. The Minnesota Wild blocked 23 shots in this game. They were a team that was absolutely selling out, making sure that pucks didn't get through. The Golden Knights are going to have to make adjustments there. Let's head back out of the phone lines, bring in Rita. Rita, how you doing? Well... I was just sad. After Russell's call, call, I'm angry. I get mad at so-called fans that can't wait till we make a mistake and throw the baby out with the bathwater. So as far as I'm concerned, Russell can bite me. That's it. That's all I got. Rita, you always come through with fantastic calls. Thank you so much for joining us here. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Rita, let's head back out to the phone lines. Bring in Mark. Mark, how you doing? Hey, good. You know, uh, I'm a season ticket holder, and this is only the second game I've been to this year. But it just seems like night and day between this game today and how we used to play back before the uh, pause, let's say. Um, the neutral zone is just terrible, absolutely terrible. I mean, our blue line is what, playing. What? I'm sorry, Mark. Mind. Mark, hold on. What specifically? And what specifically in the neutral zone? We, when we used to chip the pat the puck up, there was somebody there with speed that's carried in past past the blue line. But now we're just like, seems like we're dogged or there's somebody on us. It, it, I mean, we we should, we have the speed to get the puck forward, but I think. I'm not sure if it's DeBoer is making them play with too much defensive responsibility or what it is, but it's just not a free-flowing offense, and uh, that was proven last year in the playoffs. I mean, we just couldn't put the puck in the net, and it's a replay this year. You know, uh, thanks for the call, Mark. Uh, one game I don't think makes a replay. Like, obviously, we're going to have to see over the next couple of games if the Golden Knights continue to have the same struggles in terms of scoring. Uh, secondarily, this is a team that does control the neutral zone quite well. Uh, they, they don't necessarily blow through the neutral zone with a lot of speed. They do look for stretch passes to kind of open the game up a little bit. But the Golden Knights have made a conscious effort to possess the puck more in the offensive zone as opposed to relying on transition to get all their offense. So you're correct in terms of how they play the game and it being different from what you remember year one, year two. But I, I still think that the Golden Knights, again, don't score in one game. Let's wait a couple of games to see if this is something that actually becomes a trend before we label it as such. One more call before we take a break. Let's bring on Lou. Lou, how you doing? Hey, Ryan. Good, buddy. Hey, you know, I'm so tired of hearing people say, oh, this team's got our number, this, this, that, and that. Man, since in, in four years, they've turned over the coaching staff. They've turned over the lineup. Does Vegas have bad luck against them? You know, bad puck luck, I guess, for lack of better term certainly but i mean to think that uh, it, it, it's it would make more sense to say the vegas golden knights don't play well against teams with green and red jersey colors i i mean it, that makes as much sense as trying to say that they have our number it's not the same players it's not the same system it's not the same coaching staff just stop people they're going to win tuesday night and all this is going to be out the window you know what, Lou? Thank you for the call, and you're absolutely right. There's been a lot of turnover in Minnesota. It's a very different team. Their principles, though, remain, and they're a team that can stretch the ice. They are a team that, that is is 
really hungry around the puck in the offensive zone right around the net, and they defend incredibly well. So go figure. They're a good hockey team. They belong in the playoffs, and it's a tough test for the Golden Knights, a test in which the Golden Knights are going to need to overcome to go on a long run. We're back to wrap it up. Extend a postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up here, extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Game number two will go on Tuesday. The Golden Knights, the Minnesota Wild. Puck drop, 7 o'clock. Pre-game show, 6 p.m. And again, before we sound the alarms, before we make grand proclamations... Let's just see how the Golden Knights adjust in game number two. Let's see if Max Pacioretty is available for Vegas and how that kind of shuffles everything down the lineup. I'm not going to overreact here. It's just a one nothing series advantage for the Minnesota Wild. The Golden Knights need to come with a strong effort and bounce back in game number two. Thanks to Jeff Rubino. For turning the knobs, keeping us sounding fresh. Thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio for keeping us on the air. And thanks to all of you for calling in. Record number of callers. Let's keep that up through the remainder of the playoffs. That is my challenge to you because this show is just too much fun when everyone is calling in and getting in on the action. Thanks for being with us. We will be back here again on Tuesday on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the extended Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.